Welcome to the Naked Ear Podcast. This podcast aims to bridge a gap between artist and listener. We'll be discussing some of the hottest topics in the music industry today, featuring conversations with music producers, musicians, songwriters, and normal everyday people. You'll get a better understanding of how people hear music differently and how it connects us all. So, whether you're an average Joe or an industry pro, join us as we aim to train the naked ear. you just heard was by the band between giants and i'm here with tyler right now what is up tyler nick doing good man and thank you for having me on man big fan long time fan. Yeah. thank you i appreciate that uh you have a good voice for this so hopefully people will uh listen a little bit longer than they have the other episodes <laughs> yeah. are you tracking the data <laughs> no i, <laughs> Damn, I, I actually <laughs> actually people have it we've actually been having a lot more listeners so thank you to whoever's listening but I, I just feel like you have that good like radio voice but i guess you're a singer so that that works yeah dude yours is good too we could we could form like a duo or something we could we should just yeah. We should just do it. I'm I'm really versatile. I don't know about you. I mean, okay, so yeah. your band says what 90s coming of age melodrama. So if I listen, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe like American Authors meets like uh what's that sweater weather band? Um, oh, the neighborhood. The neighborhood. Little bit yes, like sir. a mixture of the two. So like what what's your what's your band between giants? What's your sound? Yeah, dude, we're um it took us a little bit of time to hit the stride, you know what I mean? The first two years was was sort of scrambling. <laughs> so I appreciate the longtime fans that stuck, you know, with us from that point. But um we all brought uh, a lot of interesting, like different influences, you know, like our, our drummer was super into like eighties and nineties rock and like, you know, worship Dave Grohl and and early Nirvana and uh our keyboardist Hans like loves like R and B and like all these different types of things. And then for me it was, you know, like two thousands emo was like where I'm trapped for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like so no, I mean all those are all those are influences we count. We sort of sound like just like a relic from like a nineties like coming of age movie. You know what I mean? Which is what we yeah. sort of go for. Like, you know, laying the foundation with like some rock drums and some distorted guitars, but then like we got the, you know, the eighties style synths like layered on top and pads kinda as the as the textures. You know what I mean? But so yeah, that's that's really the sound. It sort of sounds like a like a you know, a relic, like the Breakfast Club outro or something. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of what we're going for. I definitely love the artwork that's like associated with it because I definitely get those vibes uh, with mm. with the songs. And you released your first song in 2017, so you've released mm-hmm. a ton of music since then. Um, you're up to 300,000 some spins on your top song on Spotify, Colors of, mm-hmm. the, of Your Mood, and then you have like 8,000 monthly listeners. So 
what is that just to like put music on Spotify and, you know, obviously myself, you know, we, we throw a song, we hope it does well, but what is it mm. like to just like start seeing other people related to you and just like, you know, cause some artists that I talk to haven't gotten there yet. Like what was mm. that first, like kind of seeing that trajectory happen? Yeah, man. It's, it really is like you said, like a hail Mary. Every time you drop something, you're just like hoping <laughs> that somebody picks it up. They're like, you know, maybe a Spotify curator will, you know, vibe with it or like, or, or something like that, or some press will pick it up. But, um, colors of your mood was wild. Cause it just, it, it was like a slow burner. Like we, we had it out for probably about like seven or eight months. It was like this wow. summary, you know, pop track. And I mean, like it got okay traction and we've always kind of had like a nice little uh, fan base of people that kept spinning our stuff. But then we got uh, a Netflix deal on it and it ended up being in this Japanese show called Terrace House, which is like the real world, but oh, wow. like, but yeah, in Japan, super cool. But yeah, so like our, our track played on there and then Spotify just like picked it up. And so then like in the last year, it's now in like corporate stores, which is really bizarre. Like dude, Bath and Body dream. Works, bro. Awesome. Yeah, dude, dude listen, like staples. I'm telling below you. below and Applebee's is like my dream. So that's <laughs> freaking awesome. You're living my dream. Dude, Applebee's is out. Is out. I haven't reached it yet. <laughs> I haven't reached Applebee's. I think like mood media is what they go through. So wait, okay. So you're saying yeah. like, obviously, like what, everything I read about like the Spotify for artists is you know, they look for traction in other areas. So, um, you know, they want to see that you're on blogs and different things like that. So did you do mm -hmm. a lot of like press leading up or was it kind of like after the release, you know, you were sending for like sync placements, were you doing like the submit hub thing? Of course. Oh God. Submit hub. Yeah. I spent like too much money on there to get like two, uh, you know, ads. Yeah, dude. submit hub giveth and it taketh away. Yeah. Bro. It's <laughs> <laughs> those, those fucking rejected emails that come within like eight seconds oh yeah and I'm like I'm, yeah i know dude <laughs> i'm telling my girlfriend i'm like oh rejected again she's like you tell me not to go on my work email on the weekend i'm like listen yeah, like, life. but like yeah, i know right. it's just gonna say decline now so it doesn't bother me like your work bothers you i know i know dude like early on like i used to carefully like like craft the the description i'd be like this song is like an in-depth anal like like analytic discussion on my condition at one of my darkest points and then literally like two seconds later they were like rejected like contrived and i'm like oh my god like bro you definitely didn't even listen to it right um but no uh we we did we had did all that and then we had like some nice press uh for our other stuff but it wasn't it still wasn't like a release thing so like spotify didn't you know, even though we had like some buzz and the record that we were working on, that was our first record at the time. Um, like we got it in pop dust, which was like a really cool, like online thing for us. And so we got all this attention on it, but it still was just kind of like in our same, you know, fan, um, circulation. Like it wasn't until it got that Netflix thing. Then all of a sudden Spotify was like, Oh, we're going to put this in discover weekly. And then now it's, it's great because it just sort of revolves and like every week or so it goes up like, you know, 4,000, 5,000 and we're getting new people coming in, but getting it like just getting into that little thing. It's just, it's such a high like benchmark. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you feel it too. It's just like, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost crazy. like being on the radio at that point. Cause yeah, Spotify was just taking over so much and man, like mm -hmm. it's even scarier. Um, you know, now because, I don't even know. I'm hearing about like NFTs and different mm -hmm. things. I don't even know what that means. So like once we finally figured out one thing, we have to like switch over into a, another thing now. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. like CDs, man. Like I always say, if I was like doing this 10, 12 years ago, I'd have it nailed down, but it's just the way of the world. 
But yeah. uh, Spotify, you know, like you definitely got to be on there and it can help you. So I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, to- it's just like for reaching new, like, I mean, COVID obviously like kind of killed the live thing, but like the way that, you know, they used to do it with like, you know, you would be playing shows and like, you would just go to all these small venues in your area. You know what I mean? And like, like 21 pilots, like, you know, like hitting all those tiny venues, like in and around Ohio. And then they galvanize all these people and then they sell out, you know, a 2000 person venue. Like this shit just doesn't work. People just don't want to do that. Dude, that's what I was doing in the beginning. So like in a way last year helped somebody like me because you know, COVID shut everything down. So I told myself Mm. I'm going to get on Spotify playlist. So I've been on like maybe 30 independent playlists now, thankfully, but like, Dude, it's that's like great. Of like, dude, I've applied to like 500 though. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like that's success rate's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't even, I'm horrible at math. Don't get me started. So I don't even know what percentage <laughs> that is. Uh, I think it's like 15%. No, I, I, I really don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think that's just the goal. So I'm glad that you guys, um, you know, are, are making not only good music, but it's being heard. So that's, that's awesome. Uh, so you have a new release coming out. Um, and it's it's your third record okay so like tell me about the process behind this like where are you recording it you said you know you did this what in a weekend or was this like over time like tell me like the whole writing process like who writes for the band maybe start there and like bring me through the whole cycle of the record yeah for sure um we're uh we're a little spread out um the two uh the two other boys are in connecticut and i'm in brooklyn so we do we do a lot of like writing sort of independently or virtually, which is, you know, nice and and kind of a product of the modern era we're in. But like, you know, I, I always start out like laying down the foundation. So I'll either write something, you know, on piano and, and, and write a track that way or write a song on guitar and go that way. And then usually Hans will, uh, Hans, our keyboardist will do the production and then I'll do like some supplemental stuff. Like I'm really big on ambient synths. So that's usually my contribution. Dude, I got a Juno <laughs> like two years ago. And oh, this- for the longest time, I was like, I need yes. Keyscape. And then, like, I found out I can just plug in direct to my audio box. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have all the sounds I could ever want right here. Oh, with Juno. Dude, I'm like, I'm on Arcade. Have you used Arcade? I've heard of Arcade. Oh, no. dude. It's this plug-in by output. Literally, like, you, you just put it in the key you want. And they have, like, these beautiful soundscapes oh my gosh. that they create, like, out of, like, anything you could ever want for texture. Like, if you're ever like, oh, this is a little thin, you just literally press, like, one key. And it's just, it's like whatever you need. There's like a million. So oh, are you bro, a keys player? Are you a keys I, I play, I play both, but I'm primarily guitar. So I play, uh, I play guitar in the band, but I can play keyboard, bass, a uh, little violin. And I'm trying to learn drums, but struggling. I'll never try to learn drums. I've tried. I'm, I was drum major of the marching band in high school, but like, that doesn't mean I can play drums. <laughs> no, I have no freaking clue. Bro, the rhythm is impo- like my tiny little brain just can't. Like, I, I know, I like, I, I know what to do. Like I hear it and I'm like, okay, the kick happens here. You know, I hit the snare on the other beat and just when I'm going, my arms just don't work. I, I, oh, it's so no, frustrating. It's, it's man. So I can't hard, do man. it. Like, yeah, no. it's impossible, but, um, everybody yeah, so needs we, a piano player named Hans though. I just, oh. like, just going to say that, right. <laughs> That's essential. Yeah. If you don't have one, what are you doing? Right. You know, you just got to call it a day. Like it's not music's not for you. <laughs> yeah but he's he's killer man and um that's usually how we do it and so when we were approaching this record um i mean you know you and i kind of talked a little bit about this but people just don't really make albums anymore you know like it's just it's not the way and like if people if if like you know indie bands are starting to blow up and then they get signed like they'll always put an ep out like their label will always make their debut like an ep with like four or five songs and a single they've just been running like i noticed that um, yeah 
Yeah, and and anyone if it who's like, do well, it's like easier just to like not spend that money. Exactly, exactly, and like people just don't have the attention span for it. Like, it, even musician friends of mine, like people that are, are like full time doing this, it's like most of the time they can't even remember the last time they sat down and listened like cover to cover without it feeling like a, a workout. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some people do, but I just think like a lot of people that are smaller, it's just harder to justify too, because it's like you put this whole record out, and if no playlist picks it up, you know, like aside from your fans that were already listening, no one's going to hear it. And so it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult, but the pandemic, you know, we had all this material and, um, you know, had some events that sort of catalyzed, you know, a, a creative spurt. And we had all these songs that we wanted people to hear, you know, I mean, similar to why I think you're probably working on one where it's like, you know, they're, they're good. It's not, it's not like they're like, you know, trash in the vault or something or things that are like not yeah. in your genre, or whatever, like songs that, you know, think might strike a chord with, with people or that are just fun to make. And so we were like, Hey, you know, like what the hell let's, let's, let's put it out and record it. So we just did it uh, last last weekend, all in a weekend up at carriage house studios in um, Stanford, Connecticut uh, with our boy McClee shout out to McClee, but it's a Grammy winning studio. We didn't win the Grammy, <laughs> nice, <laughs> but, nice, um, but yeah, they've recorded like Shrek there. Beyonce sang on the same mic I used, which was a terrible Dude, feeling for me. That's awesome. Yeah, Did it, it smell was, like heaven. Oh yeah, I sniffed it. That was the first yeah, thing right. I. <laughs> it smelled it, like Jay-Z's <laughs> lips. No. <laughs> every every boy's dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the Lion King, the, the prairie. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was it was dope. It's some of the coolest stuff we've done. I think like our styles um, coming together, like just this was this was the peak. I know artists always say that every time they have a release that like it's their best thing ever. You know, yeah. but like, it's a genuine thing. I do want to hear like one of the mainstream artists be like, oh no, yeah, no, this record's like not that good, but I had fun making it. Like, <laughs> you know? hey man, it happens. I remember my last <laughs> yeah. record took like probably a year and a half because I was going 45 minutes to the studio, maybe like every two weeks for a while. And then like now I record from home. So it went a lot, went a lot quicker. But I remember being in the studio, like the songs that I'm writing now aren't going to be on this last album. And I wish they were, but they're going to be on the next album. So I was just kind of like in the, in this in-between space, like they both serve their purpose. And I mean, I think mm -hmm. that full length albums, man, like if you're trying to write a full length, you're going to get better songs out. Cause mm -hmm. I don't think anybody writes singles, just trying to write one song. You know, you have to go through a process of like doing it as a, as a skill and as a hobby, even like mm -hmm. to just to write songs and a, and a practice, you know, like when you do that, that's when you get the songs out. So. I, yeah. I, I love full lengths, man. Like, I mean, I love this. The, the, my favorite artist, Ben Rector, he has a song coming out this Friday. Um, and mm -hmm. like, it's one song. I wish it was a whole album. You know, that's just like, yeah. But you know, that anticipation in the world we live in, I know why he's doing it in the same sense. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. I mean, like, if you look at it, like uh, John Mayer, who broke up like his record into like, like three waves or whatever, like it's just part of the, it's part of the digital age. Cause we love, I mean, I love making records too. Like in the sense where like, I love when things are just not just like a collection of songs you have, but like something that's meant to be consumed together. Like you can consume it separately, but it's, it's like the, it's greater, you know, as a, as a summation of everything, like things that have, you know, soundscapes and instrumentals, like, like woven yes. throughout my, my favorite bands, the 1975. And like, um, I don't know if you listen to them, but just incredible album artists like they 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 curate a whole vibe and aesthetic for each like chapter and saga and it always correlates to the record and sound and their instrumentals 
have same like have similar synths and and progressions as what's happening in this, their songs. So it just feels like you're in like a movie basically, and they they do it for so, different eras and different genres. Like so so stuff like that is cool. It's just it's it's like a whole body of of art, and I. Yeah, it's sort of, to me, it's like a, it just feels like a dying art in a way. You know, I think it always used to be about the record before. And like you had a song and then you use that song's momentum to to make a record. But do you feel like it's it's sort of dying out like the album? Man, let me say something like I just feel like I'm going to do me. I think last year mm. I, I, I recorded stuff from home and I got caught up in what everybody else was doing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to release singles really fast. So I literally was recording like four tracks and I have a song called the opener. It has like four tracks on it. It's my number yeah. one song on Spotify, like up until these current releases and everybody loves it. It's been added like four playlists. I'm like, what the heck is life? And then I released like other singles from that album. They didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized in taking the last eight months to make the singles that are I'm releasing now is like the quality's better. The songs are better. So like patience pays off. And I think that what the way I'm doing it is I'm releasing a song every month, every two weeks, whatever. And then like at the end of that, I'm going to release a whole album. So Mm -hmm. just for Spotify's purposes, I'm doing that. But man, like I will tell you, I don't know if a year and a half has changed things, but like I've gone on tour, people still buy CDs at shows. They want Mm -hmm. the physical thing. Like they'll find a way to put it in the CD player. And if not, they'll put it on their shelf. They'll be like, I knew him when. I knew this yeah. band went, dude, I listened to the band Camino. When you say the 1975. I love the band Camino. Listen bro. to this, man. I found them on Spotify. Kind of like probably no bigger mm. than you guys are right now. And mm. I saw them open for um, the, the, the lead. It was a punk band. The lead singer played bass. Mm. Like the, the Lost Summer. I forget what it was. There was like 300 people there in Pittsburgh. Not a, not a real big show. Like we yeah. were packed in there. Then they opened for the night game. So they went from like here to here. Martin Johnson from Boys Like Girls is the night game. So like then they opened for Ben Rector all in a year. Then Mm. they were supposed to open for five seconds of summer and COVID hit. Yeah. And like they just now are going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. Arenas. They're doing arenas with Dan and Shea Shea right now. Yeah, bro. But but they're doing Jimmy Kimmel. Dude, this happened in like three years. But what they did was they released like five song EPs every – they tapped into the algorithm and they like showed Spotify, like we're serious, we're consistent. Another guy I looked up to is like Jake Scott. Cause mm-hmm. like he releases one single a month. Like he's another singer songwriter, but so I think that you have to do both. Like you have to have the singles, but you also yeah. like have the albums. Cause I remember I have the band Camino's like first CD, their first mm-hmm. t-shirt. And now they're like here into me as a, like a music geek and a fan. Like I'm super pumped for that. And I guys like you yeah. and me, like we care so much about that. Other people were just like, they don't think about it like we do. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. I, I'm so glad you brought up Camino because I fucking love the band Camino. And they're but so down I, to earth, man. Yeah, dude. They're super chill. I've like, um, I've talked with uh, their manager, like Jameson, before. Super, super chill dude. But like the whole band is just fucking cool. But even like if you look at what they've done, like their album that they released after like they got signed and all mm-hmm. that shit. It was like, I think it's like a seven or eight song. And three of them uh, were like previous releases. Yes. And dude, they like the record label loved Daphne Blue so much. They just released that like 30 times. Like, so they released Daphne Blue. Then they released the next single, but they packaged it with Daphne Blue. So then it was a two song release. Then they did another single that they also packaged with Daphne Blue. Then they did Daphne Blue acoustic. And then they re-released Daphne Blue as like the lead single for the album to promote it. Yeah. So, I mean... 
But to, to your point too, I think like physical things are starting to make a resurgence too. If you look at like fucking Polaroids and like digital, like um, physical camera sales, vinyl, like dude, walk into like an urban outfitters, it's just wall to wall vinyl. Like vinyl sales are, are higher now really than they were. Yeah, dude. And so like, I, I think in a way that you're, you're right with that making it a comeback. I'm, it's just like mostly the, the quantities. Like I don't know any upcoming artists or upcoming band that like blew up because of their record or like led with one single and then came with a record. Like, you know what dude, I mean? Taylor Swift just dropped two albums last year. Yeah, but she was And huge, nobody bro. cares. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Just yeah. do you. Because, like, if you're too busy worrying mm-hmm. about chasing a sound or somebody else, like, people love you for you, man. If you listen mm-hmm. to my songs, I have a song called The Truth About Lies. Like, nobody's writing that song right now. But I did it because mm-hmm. it, it meant something to me. It's like a folk song that's, like, country-based. But, Sick. man, like, just – yeah, just keep going. You guys are good. Um, so so mm-hmm. will be a full length, right? Oh yeah, dude. We got um yeah, yeah 12, 12 tracks and three instrumentals. So it's a, a fifteen song behemoth. Um, it's, it's a but, work of art. It's, it's yeah, it's an experience. That's why listening parties are cool mm-hmm. too. Like oh yeah, dude. Opens up, you know. Yeah, that's the that's the goal. And we and like you said, we like making them because we like again. I think the business savvy thing to do, and like what most industry people would be saying is they'd be like, dude, like write the songs and then take the best one. Uh, sorry, my screen, uh, screensaver went on. Um, it, it was like, you know, take the best one and then drop the best one and then like keep going. But we just, we sat down and we like, we talked about this and we were like, listen, it probably makes more sense to just keep doing singles and hope the algorithm like pick something up or promote yeah. and just focus on promotion of one or the finessing of one. But like you said, man, like we, we like making albums and we had the songs and we had messages we wanted to get out. So we're like, yeah, we're just going to do us. Like, like you're saying, like the same reason you're working on one. It's like, listen, like, is it maybe the like number one business savvy thing? Like, but, but who cares? Like, you, you know, if you are genuine with your art and you create shit that matters to you and you like are transparent with it and you like the songs, you dig the tunes. I think that's where the translation comes through. Heck I think the yeah, rest man. kind of follows. You know what I mean? So that's why we did it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what's up. So like <laughs> you talk about these songs, what, what are they about? Because we were kind of talking about your friend uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, are any of the songs about him? I know that was probably a hard time in your life. Um, you know, the influence behind the record in general. Yeah, man. So the record is called um, Sad Hopeful Things, sort of like a... a uh, contrastive thing and like how you, you know, the ups and downs on life, like take on human condition, you know? Um, but yeah, back in February, uh, my roommate and best friend at the time passed away from uh blood clot in his lung, a pulmonary embolism, just, mm. uh, randomly in the night. We like, uh, heard him coughing, uh, went to check on in on him and he was, he was unresponsive. And so, um, yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a hard year. I know a lot of people have, have, have lost someone. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm not too good at like talking about feelings or, or, or leaning on people. I think it's like maybe the artist curse or something. I just always, you know, like put it in music. Like I'm That's sure, yeah. you know, you do like, it's just how, how we've always like how we communicate and how we get things out and how we process. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I started working on it and I noticed like this duality of, of kind of how I was coping with things. Like I would go from, you know, uh, like the stages of grief, I guess, you know, I don't know what they are, but like, you know, I, I would be so like mad at the situation for taking, you know, a good person and someone so young at like 24, you know, like oh my God. someone, yeah, who had like the whole world ahead of him, man. And like, I, I would be so mad at the situation in the universe and how something like that could have happened. And so like, I would get existential, I would get mad, I would like look internally and, and you know, feel regret, I would feel survivor's guilt, like, how can I be, you know, 
singing songs and playing my guitar and like thinking about trying to tour again when like, you know, uh, it's like someone just lost their kid. Like I felt, I felt like this range of emotions and then just sadness at the, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to see him again. I wouldn't be able to, you know, laugh with him. And we had a, like a podcast together and like, you know, like we couldn't, you know, do shit, do that shit anymore. And like it, it there was so many emotions. And then I just, as like the songs came out and I sort of worked through them, there was so many different uh, like range of things on the album that were different ways that I was interpreting it because also like when a tragedy like that happens, you know, we kind of talked on it, it gives you a renewed appreciation for the, the, the temporariness of, of life, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and how fragile everything yeah. is and how fragile, you know, the people in your life are like you stop and let people know that you love and appreciate them a little bit more, you know, when something like this happens and you appreciate the moments that you have and the, the ups and downs of things just a little bit more and you live life a little bit more in the moment going forward because now you're doing it, you know, on behalf of your, of your, of your boy too. So it's like, you know, there are songs on the album from like early pandemic, but a lot of it, like we just wanted to highlight when we were creating the work of art was just, uh, you know, a take on the, on the human condition and finding, you know, not silver linings, but like the, the sort of beauty and, and takeaways from uh, something that's tragic and, and processing, you know, uh, any sort of feeling that's part of, you know, being a person. Um, so that's, that, that was ultimately the catalyst for, for wanting to put the whole body of work mm. together, but yeah, man, just unbelievably tragic and, and so sudden. Um, but yeah, I can't even imagine losing a best friend and that's, I just, for you to be able to just share that in art is, is amazing and not just shut down and like turn away from the world. You're going to be able to, you know, help so many people just with, what you're able to do we all have gifts and we're able to influence people with those gifts so that's that's just an amazing get, like, capability you know yeah that, i i the hardest part was like um i i felt like um and this isn't the case like i you know i've I've talked with his family about it and, and and stuff but like i really had a hard time not feeling like i was like capitalizing you know what i mean or, or like um using it for like uh like you know some kind of gain or something and being yeah. like oh yeah like this, this tragic thing happened, like, listen to my song. You know what I mean? Like, it, oh, yeah. it, it was uh, it was a weird thing to navigate. And like, like I, I did want to shut down and I did want to like, you know, just, just run away and call it a day and be like, you know, hey, shit, like it, yeah. it happened. And like, I, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to bounce back. But I also knew like, you know, that's not what, you know, a, a, like your, your best friend would want. And like, you know, like, they would want you to to keep living. And I know like if it would have been roles reversed and I, I like, I wouldn't have wanted the, the, you know, him to quit on his dreams or not live life or just sit around and be miserable and like put up a shrine and, and like fucking weep. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I, I had a great group of people to be able to lean on and my family and was able to sort of wrap my head around it. And like, you know, it's not something I think you'll ever get over, but, um, you know, I think it's just sort of how you deal with it and turn it into something good going forward. And now it's like, you know, I've been, I, I still have the gift of being here and uh, he doesn't. And so like, it's like when you lose anybody, you know, you do it twice as hard for, for the person that's time is gone. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's sort of how I took away, but I still feel like the guilt sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, and that was something I had to navigate with this. So, but, but yeah. That's a natural human thing. How old are you? Uh, 26. Man, I'm not too much older. I'm 29, but like, mm. let me just say, you know, that that makes me want to like connect with you more and listen to your music because you've been through some stuff. Like, I mean, I listen to artists when they're younger. I mean, even Justin Bieber's song, like some of his songs are really catchy. John Bellion works with him now. So like, 
Mm. Can't really say I don't like his music. Some of them, and even like Cardi B, some of the, what the heck are they about? Like they're catchy. Mm. That's great. They're great to dance to. Like they all have a place. Awesome. But like me as a fan, I want to listen to someone writing a song about life, like mm. real life moments. So like that's why I named my last album Moments. Like all the moments that happen in your life, like lying and yeah. faith and and having children and and you know being young and still being able to live and just all these things you know capsuled in one so that like getting back to the album thing like those culminated into an album you know Mm -hmm. um but life is an album so yeah right it is it is seriously man um but but i yeah so i can't wait to hear this music was he a musician at all your friend no he wasn't he wasn't but i mean his name's alex okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, no, he always he always came out to like the uh, <laughs> we did like a lot of um, trying to like revitalize the sort of like punk scene in the city, like from the 90s, oh, yeah. where like they would just build build like their fan base uh, from like a collective of musicians. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they would all all the bands would go to each other's shows and like throw down. And so I always like went out to, to like every indie show I could um, during the week to, to connect with the other artists in the city and network and stuff like that. And he wasn't a musician. He wasn't had didn't have anything to gain. He was just like one of those dudes that was along for the ride. Like, wow. You know, yeah, he just uh, just friend, a mag- yeah, 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 bro. Just so a, wait, a magnetic dude. Does the music scene still work like that in Brooklyn? Because I mean, I've been to Brooklyn. I vibe with mm-hmm. Brooklyn, maybe because I'm an East Coast kid, too. Like I've been to Nashville, haven't been to L.A., but like I feel like of any place I've been, like I could probably like do well in brooklyn like you know what oh, i mean you do great uh, dude no i appreciate that but and you just, got the beard too bro <laughs> I, I didn't have the beard i've only had it for a couple years man i had a baby face before this my stepdad's actually from flatbush um are you oh, originally damn. from there no i moved uh i moved up in uh 2018 to chase the uh the music dream up from here. connecticut so, uh oh my family like moved around a whole bunch i'm originally okay. from the west coast so i grew up in in washington and then oh. bounced around was outside nashville for like eight months in a town called brentwood Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so I just, I went all over, uh, landed in Connecticut for a couple of years, went to college and then, uh, my family moved to Florida. And so I went with them and so I, they moved again to Texas. And then at that point I was like, all right, I'm like, I'm 22, 23. Like I can't keep bouncing around like, yeah. you know, just with, with like you guys and like, we're, you know, like I'm really close to my family, but I was like, all right, I need to, I need to start making some moves for myself. So then I came up and uh, was in bed So I was pretty, like pretty close to where your, uh, your stepdad was, but. Um, okay yeah. yeah that's awesome um mm-hmm. yeah he grew up there probably moved here in his 40s so he's been here for like 20 years now or so and um gotcha yeah man i mean we've been back there and i watched the king of queens and i'm like oh like that looks like <laughs> brooklyn <laughs> but we stayed in we stayed in queens a couple years back i was in brooklyn mm. um for a show and then i did like a live to vinyl you might have heard of like least of all studios oh yeah dude we uh we did it a while ago and then we're doing another one in the fall how hot was it in there Oh, a thousand degrees. Dude, I was like, I can't Unbearable. get through this. I Unbearable. was like hoping that more people would order my record. I think I did like 23 mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. That like, was no, hard ass out. work. Dude, yeah, I was dude. like, <laughs> what is happening? Bro, yeah. did you like, did you have one song that was more popular than the others? Yeah. So I did like eight of the same song. Dude, that was, that was my least, like we had a nice, we just dropped our sophomore record. And we had like this good split, like, you know, like, like 16, 17 of them were like this nice little like range. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. a couple people want the slower one, like, you know, and then, and then like the, the one track, like just like I, we had to cut like 10, 
like it was like 10 to 15 or something of, of colors of your mood, like our biggest and song. And he makes you do it in a row, right? Yes. I yes. Was like, we had no, to do let them me bounce all around, together. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, bro, it is a sauna in here. It, and literally we have to do the same song by take nine. I feel so bad for like the person that got it. Cause I, my heart. <laughs> he's in like it, a Netflix studio too, or something. Like yeah. That, right? Is yeah. that like a film back there? Yeah, I think warehouses? so. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what Real they're doing residential. back there. I like Brooklyn, man. Manhattan stresses me out. It's overwhelming. Um, yeah, Queens, it's Queens is like nice, but it's still. I feel like there's like a weird like, like don't walk on the wrong street kind of vibe in Queens. But Brooklyn, oh yeah, still. yeah, dude, Brooklyn's really cool. I mean, Queens is starting to like pop off now. Like Astoria is getting like its whole like. I think that's own, where we like, stayed. Yeah, it's getting like a music and like craft bar scene, so it's like okay. popping off. But um, yeah, no, dude, I think I think you'd like it a lot, and like the music scene sort of works like that, like. I think um, some of like the local artists can sometimes be like a little like uppity, if that makes sense. Like some people are yeah. very, yeah, yeah. Like very like, you know, protective of their fan bases and not wanting to yeah. overlap. But, you know, the people that we've like been lucky enough to associate with and like the bands that we play with, like, you know, we always like, we'll take turns opening for each other at shows and like, uh, we'll send each other opportunities. And so, you know, I mean, it's been like three years of, of hard work to, to get there, but we've built up some really good connections, you know? And so I, I, I try to go to their shows every time. And like, I always, you know, will get merch and I, and I put, you know, my money where my mouth is and I'm like, Hey, I'm out here to support you. And like, I like your music and I want to be there for you. And like, if you're there for me, cool. Like I'm not doing this like transactionally, but it just sort of follows like, you know, like it's just a really yep. like-minded group of people, yep. like the people that are really hustling out there with music, like you just have something in common. Like we're a little weird. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it's, man, it's something a little off to do something like this. Musicians like, are just weird in general. And yeah. And I will say, like, I think there's something to be said for like you reaching out to me, man. Like I, I have the same type of vibe. I reach out to mm. people. I'm nice. Even on Instagram, if you've never met me or something like I, and, and sometimes I don't receive it back and that mm -hmm. hurts. Sometimes I've, I mean, I've asked people to be on this podcast that don't want to be on it and like, so be it. But like, I just feel like we're all people. Yeah, dude. It's just like, it's just fun. Like it just reminds you, you're like not, you know, going at it alone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could sort of, I mean, honestly, that's why like, uh, I respect you doing the, you know, singer songwriter thing. Like oh, anyone who so does hard. it alone. Cause Jesus Christ, man. I mean, oh, it, thank you. My, yeah. Oh, oh I, my gosh. I, dude, like having a band to be able to like talk out the lows with, you know what I mean? And, and also do, like, like ride... social media and like, yes, dude, and like, like marketing and like, Oh my God everything dude. i mean <laughs> yeah, like bro. i have a podcast I, I actually resell on ebay so i have like an ebay business too Ooh, i don't okay. know if it's a business yet i sell like cards yeah. and jerseys and stuff what i'm trying to ultimately bring this back to is mm -hmm. like i want to be myself because people like you know man we watched like you said you were on a reality show in japan your song like people love watching other people's lives mm -hmm. and just, oh like, yeah dude don't try to be somebody you're not you know it's not worth mm -hmm. it like it's just just be yourself and like Cause then when you talk to people, it's not like, yo, I saw you up in lights and stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. yo, I saw you at Applebee's the other day. How you been since I saw you? Like now I'm at your shit. Like, yeah, that's the person I want to be friends with. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, this is like a total sidebar, but like, um, relatability has become like such a commodity in the entertainment industry. Like you think back to like the, the pop stars and, and people like back in the day, right? Like like Prince or like Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson. Yeah. like bro, they were personas. And that's why yes. people like them. Like people like the mystery. Like, like people, people, when they describe hanging out with Prince, like it's like, he's an alien. Like he just from, from another yep. planet, like yep. the way he sees the world or interacts. But now like 
because of social media and because of how accessible everything. No. And, and people don't really seem to like it. Like people want these in-depth documentaries. Like they want to know step-by-step, like everything that's going on in their minds of the, of the favorite artists. And like, you saw like um, Jennifer Lawrence, like when she was doing the like quirky, like normal growth thing blew up as like one of the biggest celebrities. Like, I mean, she still is, but like at the time, like everyone was like, Oh my God, like we love Jennifer Lawrence because she's so relatable. Like she burps and she trips. And like, then all of a sudden everyone was like, Oh shit. And so then like, it's just documentary after document. Yes, bro. The relatable superstar, like took the thing the is- Ed Sheeran. Yeah, like, but the thing is, I don't know about your parents and your family and your peers and stuff, but like every time it's like, when are you going to go on The Voice? Or when, when are you going to be on this? And that? Like, why is that everything? Like, I wish they realized, yeah. like we realized that like, no, it's, it's Spotify. There's no major labels anymore, really, that are no. helping artists out. Like, it's all our thing until we get to that point, like mm-hmm. where it makes sense and we're not getting screwed over. Like, and, and we, we don't have to be a persona, right? Like. Mm-hmm. we need to be us and, and you need to be okay with that and like love it. like you can be a hamburger place in like new york and i'll be one in pittsburgh and like people are going to come mm-hmm. and eat or like listen to our music yes like, you know what i mean like they'll eat our um, music burgers you know separate yeah or they'll listen. i'm horrible <laughs> with analogies but like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean i wasn't gonna say anything bro it's your podcast <laughs> it's good i'll edit that out yeah for real. yeah but yeah, uh it's like oh we both have hamburger shops but there's music there and we're <laughs> yeah that's we're where i'm gonna be bar- working that's where i'm gonna be working in a couple years if spotify doesn't pay me more than like a penny for every stream yeah nick's music burgers yeah come to hey, pittsburgh that could, i'll open i'll open up the new york branch we could we could be multi <laughs> multi-city honestly we should pitch it to gary v and get like a meeting with him oh dude he's intense right uh, think what? about that's him fantastic. Have, that's fantastic that's <laughs> fantastic he must have a team of people behind him oh Talk yeah about having he- a band Oh my God. He has like, bro, he has the people literally like walking around filming him. Like Drake, dude, um, I forget his name, but Drake's cameraman who literally gets, gets a salary to just follow him. Like just walk around. Like imagine the content stream of that. Like for, for us to get content like that, I mean, we got to set like a photo shoot. Like I don't have anybody following us. Like we got to do photo shoots. And then like the content gets old. I have a duffel bag with like three outfits. You know what I mean? Like trying to make sure I have, I have like a diverse array. Like, course, oh, man. dude, Gary Vee's got people like just following him with cameras, like waiting for him to say something wise. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and yeah, that, that game of like producing too much content, not enough content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wish I could focus all on music, but it, it does become hard. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm saying I respect the singer songwriter thing, man. Like, I mean, God, like there have been there were moments like when I when I first moved to the city, like we, you know, we, we we're in a great, great spot right now, like with you know, friends and bands and, and fans here in the city and like outliers that like, you know, when we need to play, we got a solid group that comes out and like, we're always sort of expanding and, and venues know who we are. So now we're getting reached out to, to open where like before I was cold emailing, you know, but like this is after, you know, three years of work. And so when we first got up here, bro, we were playing like, like, like you, I'm sure are used to every show we could get in like a region and bro, nobody was there. Like nobody was there. And like, but there you were put so it on, many on Instagram yeah. to like look like you're doing it. Yeah. Of course, dude, because you got to be like on the grind and keep up to it. But like and get get practice and like it's necessary. But dude, it's just there's so many moments where like be halfway through a set, like singing your heart out, and literally there's like not a soul there, mm-hmm. and you're just like, what the fuck am I doing right now? Like my bills are here. Like you know what I mean? Like I got this shit to do. Like oh god, it just it just feels like smothering. You know what I mean? And like the band is is so helpful because. Like when I'm having a down day, 
you know, Hans and then Pat or drummer, like, well, if they're having a good day, they'll be like, Hey dude, like, you know what? Like the next one, like, yeah, we'll, we'll get some, you know, like the next one's going to come through and I can That's be like, up. yeah, you know, like we'll stick to it. If it was just me, I would have spiraled. Oh my gosh. Ago, That's awesome. So they spiraled. support you and you're all friends. Um, yeah. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Are you all from like meeting in Brooklyn or did you get us like school with them? Yeah, we, um, we were sort of like acquaintances in the past. Like we all went to the same college but we didn't really run like fully in the same circles and they all just had separate projects. So we kept in touch like as musicians more so than, than anything else. And so like, you know, Hans, our keyboardist was making beats and he would play keys accompanying like R and B singers up in Connecticut. And then Pat was uh, uh, playing lead guitar in his own band and singing. And then also was drumming for a different band. And so when I moved up here, um, you know, to the city to really start doing it, uh, full time, I was like, guys, I think we got, you know, some good songs. Like I want to play with people that I think are really talented that I, I respect their stuff. And so they sure. came on board and then we started creating together and doing shit together. And yeah, it just, everything got so much better. Like just collaborating, just, you know, I'm, I'm sure you get that feel too. Like when you collaborate, when you collaborate with people, it just makes you like think things in different ways. And like when you make so many songs, like, I don't know if you feel like this, but I know what chord progressions and like production I like and what sounds good to me and what like performs well. So I always will like rely on it. Like if I'm playing a song and I hit a roadblock and I'm like, oh, like, you know, like this bridge needs something. I know what to do because I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I know what chord switch up I like here or like what I think would sound good. But when you play with other people, like it just forces you out of the box. Like this new record has a lot of range, but one in particular, like we have um, like this gospel song. And like, I don't make gospel music. I don't, I don't listen to like, you know, uh, like, you know, in the South, like Sunday service, like stomp yeah, your feet Kirk type Franklin, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't, I don't sample, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, um, uh, like pastors back in the sixties and seventies, but Hans does that stuff. And so when he sent me this instrumental, I was like, dude, this is insane. And yeah. it took me like two and a half months to write a melody. Cause I, I couldn't, like where normally it just flows out because I'm playing chords that I like the key, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I like the way it sounds. I had no idea what to write. I couldn't find the sweet spot. Like I couldn't find the melody or like notes to hit. And once I did now, it, like we recorded it and our engineer was like, you guys need to make like a gospel side project. Cause this is crazy. And I was like, yo, I, Hey, we, yeah. we hit it. But like, now you make gospel like good music. Lord. Yeah. yeah. Now I make gospel music, but it was, Hey, a, I mean, you never slog, know what's going to you know? hit. Like, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Cause uh, stylistically, you know, the last song I just released under my own name is, is very similar to the first song I ever released called Signs. And like, mm, the I last one is great, man. Thanks, man. And, and I've yeah. varied from that over the years. Like, I'm like rock, I'm like folk. Um, but like that pop singer, upbeat songwriter seems to be like my bread and butter. And then, like, mm. I have two songs coming out after this one that are gonna, like, not directly, but you know, that are going to sound similar to that style. So I'm hoping that like, I finally found my sound. So that's good. Like mm -hmm. as a band, you guys have found your sound. Cause that not only do you find what you like to sound like, but like other people like that too. And that's what becomes like, it's that balance again of like, how much do you want the people to determine what you sound like? And how much do you want to determine what you're sounding like? You know? Yeah, man. And like, we, we tried to, we've always tried to be diverse, but like, in the past, like, I mean, you can do something like I, I like you're a talented dude. Like if you wanted to sit down and make like a hip hop track, like a trap beat and rap over it, you could probably do it. Like I tried. I suck. <laughs> Honestly, no, man. You can I, acknowledge it. Dude, I don't know. I tried so many things and they just like don't work. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, dude, we felt that all the time because we have this like 
diverse range of styles, but we would like cut a demo and would like listen back to it a week later. We'd be like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we can't release this. Like, it's not good. But now like yeah. with this album, like we, we really did like the diversity thing and like have all these different genres that are coming through, but we actually executed it like real well. Like, so, I mean, even the, even the studio engineer, uh, our friend McClee and then like our, our other buddy VJ, which is kind of in there, like shooting some behind the scenes stuff. And they had like listened to like three songs that I just recorded vocals for. And like, there were similar sounds like, like, um, with your releases coming up, like they were all kind of in the same vein, like, yeah. you know, the alternative, like indie rock that we're sort of known for. And then out of nowhere, this like vibey, like, gospel like saint vincent type stuff like started like playing and literally both of them like shit like stopped their conversation and like looked at us like just in, it, like like we're just like like with the stank face you know yeah. when like someone's like ripping and they were like like what like this is fire like is this you guys and we we're like yeah no it is so like we yeah it's just gotten to the point where like the the kind of like we're all just hitting stride you know what i mean like I, that's we're just sometimes what it takes man that's why you gotta yeah. get that stuff out there like if it's a full length get it out there just like you never know what's going to stick. And mm -hmm. and if it works, man, I mean, heck, man, it's hard enough to sell singles and streams, so go with it. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not dude. like a label's down your throat right now. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, I mean, you you probably don't even want to be on a label, right? Or Well, we just uh, we just signed, but we signed with like a with a, a boutique label in Jersey called Retro nice. Horror. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I mean, it's, it's great. It's like a more so of like a creative partnership. Like great. Okay. You know what you I know, mean? Like, like I'm talking yeah, like, no, no, like major. Yeah. If it makes right sense, now. obviously, but like not yeah. somebody who's going to be like, you should do this. And if you yeah, don't, like, no. we don't want this. The only, like the only major we would really want to get with is like, uh, to, like visionary. The ones okay. that have like Jeremy Zucker and Chelsea Cutler and John belly on. Yeah. Like the thing I love about them is they like, they know that the money's like in touring and in the, in the merch sales. Oh, and so sure. they just set their, they set their artists up for success. Like, so if you got signed to visionary, they would instantly put you with like John Bellion and like Jeremy Zucker, you guys would be collaborating and then you would open for them on tour. Like Is they that, would just put, they would put you on and then let you run. And uh, logic's on it too. Is that a uh, care de Aguardi's label? Like, didn't she start that? She ever listened to in the writer is podcast. Mm. I think she, she was a judge on American Idol. I think she was talking oh, about sick. this too. So, oh, so bro, labels their like model that, is so dope. Yeah, labels like that matter. I shouldn't yeah. say that, but I'm talking like, there's so many artists that just want to go for like, yeah that but it sounds like you guys are like trying to put the work in before you kind of like explore your options so that's good exactly yeah like we yeah. we just want to get like something that can be you know like shipped and obviously like i mean any musician at the core like you like you want to make money off your music like that's obviously, the dream man. you know what i mean so yeah. you don't have to do anything else like it's not selling out it's not like nothing like no. that you're just trying to pay your bills with with what you love so you can do it all the time and like um well congrats yeah, so that, yeah that's awesome Thank you, man. Yeah, that's the that's the goal. But like, yeah, just I, I know people that have gotten like, you know, like one song deals through like UMG and they'll just they'll turn it down because it just gouges you or like it's basically like a glorified loan. Like the yeah. deals that are getting offered to small people, unless you're like blowing up or something, the, de the deals that get offered, if you have like a song that's on a huge playlist and it's like racking up streams, they just want a piece of the pie. And so they'll be like, hey, you know, we'll give you like a one song deal for your next song and we'll give you like 15 grand, but you have to like do all your shit and then pay us back with like interest. And it's just like, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Like no, that's doing you, nothing that, for that's me. That's smart. Don't do that. Oh, wait, no. so how much in New York is this talked about? Like amongst your band friends that are playing at other venues and, and things mm. like that. Like, so I, I also want to tie this in. Like you played at some festivals opening for some other bands Were these like all in New York. What was it? You know, what's the, what's the vibe? Like, I guess, like, are, are there showcases mm -hmm. there? Like, 
weirdly enough, you would probably think there'd be like more opportunities and like, maybe I'm just ignorant to them, but like arts festivals and stuff like showcasing like New York bands, there's really not many. And if they are, they're like, they're like those ba- battle the bands formats mm-hmm. where like there's like four levels and you have to do like ticket sales. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I hate that. Yeah. No. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I did one of those when I was like in my college band. Oh, we've terrible. all done this. Like, yeah. yeah, bro. It was a nightmare. They, whoever so- like cheers the longest at the end. Yes. Yes. They do it wins. like, yeah. Or like, yeah. And like the best slots go to the ones who like sold the most tickets. Oh. So like you fucking scammed out 40 people and then you play last. Like, Oh my gosh. And the guy that no. emailed you was never there. Like, no. Months, yeah. So. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, no, Joe sent yeah. me. They're like, Joe yeah. just got fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not gonna be here. Like, give us like eight hundred dollars and we'll give you one hundred and twenty back. Exactly. They're like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's a great deal. Like ten percent of, the- and at the time you're like ten percent of ticket sales. Like, oh yeah. my god, right. that's great. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's just there's not too much, and like local local shows are obviously happening, and and people put them together, and like we do a lot of that, and there are like a lot of like small indie venues, and mm-hmm. people like to come out, but. There's sort of like a like a weird New York problem that I think a lot of like big cities have, but especially here, where there's like there's a either like almost too much to do, and then also like b the tourism is just crazy. Mm-hmm. So like if you go the route of like playing historic venues like Rockwood Music Hall yeah. or the Bitter End, where like you know Green Day played when they were coming up like in their first tour, you know what I mean? Like you play all these historic yeah. and storied venues that all these artists came up in the people there are tourists. And so like you can connect with them and stuff, but they're not coming out to another New York city show. Uh, so you're talking about being a local band there. Yeah. 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 So oh, like, man, that would be a hard dynamic. Yeah. So like you're, you're connecting with these people after and they're like, Oh, like I loved your set. Like you guys are great. And you're like, Oh yeah, sweet. Like we're, we're playing, you know, in a couple of weeks, like we'd love for you to come out. And they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually heading back to, to the Netherlands, you know, tomorrow. Like we're just in towns for the week and you're like around the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh dude. Yes. Yes. Of course. It's New York city. You know what I mean? Like people are, people are coming from all over to go there. But so that's an issue. And then also like just of, of things to do, sheer things to do, like the amount of music venues that are at similar capacities is just insane. Like there's like, you know, there's like 15 to 20, like 50 person, like boutique venues, you know, for more intimate things like the a hundred to 200 person venues, there's like 15 of those. And then you start just working your way up more to the 500 rooms and then beyond. And it's like, you know, you're playing a show at like a, you know, the Bowery electric or something like a 200 cap venue in the lower East side. But then also like there's seven other local bands doing local shows. And then also like freaking Justin Bieber is at Madison square garden. Okay, and it's just so like, it's like tangibly, tangibly, I would feel like record labels would rather be on Spotify looking at what numbers people yeah. are pulling in. And back in the day, I feel like even in the early 2000s, record labels were coming out to see how many people were at the shows. And like, yeah, dude, they used to send, they used to just like ship people AR, out. Like, yeah. They used to, yeah, they would just be like, hey, like, you know, here, here's a ticket. Like, there's this, you know, band in Chicago that like is playing a show. Like, go check them out. <laughs> So you really don't have to like, I I mean, it sounds like from, from your perspective, living there has allowed you to build this network of great musicians and, and like Mm -hmm. industry connections to kind of help you be the most professional, but like, it's not going to be the end all be all. Like you could live in Ohio and probably do fine in the sense that you could like tour and like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Like you don't have to live there anymore. Yeah, dude. It's like, then the other point is too, though, like, um, getting to what you were saying about like opening for people it's a double-edged sword where like as a as a local band like while you're building your connections it's really difficult but then like once you're in with the venues and people start coming to town then you can get into conversations with with bands and artists because people are always coming to town 
You know what I mean? And so like uh, when the band Camino played the music hall of Williamsburg in Brooklyn, we knew the talent booker there because they also booked for like a different boutique uh, venue. That's like uh, 250, 300. Oh, wow. uh, we, we sold it out with a couple bands. And so because I had talked with Jamison, their manager before, we had like an instant conversation about being submitted to open for them. They already had direct support on that tour, but uh, if they needed like, you know, an extra like a hundred ticket sales, you're there. we would, we would have been, yeah. So we were in the conversation and then the venue ended up being, it sold out. So they were like, we're not going to add another artist. Yeah. But the, the sheer amount of opportunity makes it worth it. That's but you awesome, have to have man. the resilience to carve through because you know, you're going to three, four local shows a week to get in with all like the, the thousands of bands that are in New York trying to make it. And yeah. so you just gotta, you just gotta like stay headstrong and do it and like hit those empty rooms like you did all in your area. And Dude, like, just, I also did that. Heavy, at Rock, I played at Rockwood stage three, 3 PM. There might've been 15 people there. I don't live there, yeah. but all yeah. the people did you that talk, like, did you like talk with the people? Well, no, like the people that came, came for me that like live in New York, which was, Oh, that's awesome. sick. Um, yeah. Some family and some friends that some people I played at their colleges um, when I was touring colleges. But yeah, I mean, I made a connection and what really sucks is this was like 2019. Mm-hmm. So I made all these connections and then like last year happened and I see all these people doing tours and stuff. And I'm like, I guess I was late to the party. But the, mm-hmm. the thing that you say about making connections with venues, that's, that's one of the reasons I've had success in Pittsburgh. Uh, oh yeah. You know, when, when let's just say, you know, singer songwriter, A, B, C, or D comes to town, like I'm the guy now. And, um, mm-hmm. It's been a really cool journey to open for people like playing those empty rooms isn't for nothing if you have a good perspective on it, you know? Exactly. It's all the big picture. It's just like when you think about the payout and like how far it is down the line, like how many shows you had to fucking grind on to to build the connections to open. a lot. It's just hard to see that far sometimes for people. For sure. But. It's all part of the grind, you know, and like, if you love what you're doing and like, you know, and the intentions are pure, then you just can, can keep going. But yeah, no, it, yeah. it, it floors people, man. And a lot of bands quit when COVID happened. Like a lot of people just stopped. A lot like, of and businesses just not shut back. down. A lot yeah, of people man. left their jobs too. Like that I, mm-hmm. that I, I was working at the time, um, part-time at a church and like churches I'd been in in the past, they had like left. Like I was like, they're spent, they've been there eight to 10 years. They have like families now, mm-hmm. like it's it you can tell like people just it was a way out and i mean it was a, yeah in the same sense it, last year was a really you know it was a big learning experience for me and everything that i'm doing so now i have this like power to just record wherever i want to and mm-hmm. play and i i can do it all now so it's kind of cool it's scary because i'll be up to like 5 a.m sometimes writing <laughs> music right like i have the keys to the car <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's like burning yeah. miles but uh <laughs> yeah you have a great outlook i can't wait to see what you guys do do you have a release date yet or you just kind of like right now we we had it set for the first week in september uh september 3rd okay um but we're sort of like uh we're we're submitted um to potentially do some some like uh touring opening for some acts this fall so that might like skew the timeline a little bit but yeah it'll it'll definitely at least be out in the fall and the first single will probably drop um uh sometime late june nice don't don't rush yeah. it and uh you know you already have great music out there tons of great music on spotify and um Thank yeah you, is there is there any like last things that you want to say just like advice for people you know i i appreciate your openness and kind of like telling us mm-hmm. about your your life and how this record's come about and your journey and moving around and just like losing a friend like all these things man like you're just a real person and i love that hey thank you man yeah I, you know 
I don't want to waste any time, you know, not being like me or not being candid, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But no, I mean, I just, thanks again for having me. And I, I really hope that, you know, uh, the record reaches people. I genuinely, genuinely am saying like, this is the the best thing that I've ever done. Um, I know like uh, our, our Hans, Hans um, was like, yeah, when, with the one song in particular, like uh, one of the singles that we're dropping, he was like, you know, I, I always like the things that I, I re- like release. But when he heard this back, he was just basically like, I, I don't know how we created this. Like this, du- like That's it. it sounds so yeah. good yep. that like, I really don't know how we came up with this or like how it came together. So I mean, it's just like peak, like our, our, our engineer who like mixes our stuff and records us McClee at carriage house. Like he's at, you know, his peak game. And like, I, I felt like with a, with a tragedy like this, that could spur me creatively. Um, you know, and, and I write very experientially, like I know you're, you do too. Cause I've you know dove into some of your lyrics. Nice. So like I write less on concepts and more on, you know, feelings and moments. Same um, here, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh no, I got that. And like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just with with the power of the message that was trying to be conveyed, like it's 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 good shit. And so, I mean, you know, I if people aren't on the hype train yet and they're listening to it, I hope they're on the hype train Love now. It. But it's yeah. it's good tunes, and I and I also hope it reaches somebody. You know, like anytime we create something from the heart, you know, I hope I hope uh, it, it it does something for somebody somewhere, and they uh, they get something out of it. You know, I'm a fan, so I'm sure you're gonna gain some more fans from this. So uh, definitely <laughs> appreciate you, having you. Yeah, bro. Thanks for having me.